Hey podcast listeners, well, another huge week of news, but what isn't in these crazy times? We've had a massive update from Qantas, changes within the Travel Corporation, and some good news on the domestic fronts. So let's get stuck in. I'm Bruce Piper. And I'm Anna Piper, and this is Travel Daily News on the Fly. So I guess we have to start with the big news of the week, being Qantas's announcement yesterday about their future. What have they announced? Yeah, it looks to me like Qantas is accepting the reality of the COVID situation, which with various statements by government ministers is all pretty bleak in terms of reopening international borders anytime soon. So yesterday they released details of their plans to survive and thrive beyond coronavirus, and there's some pretty radical moves, unfortunately. So what are they doing? Well, I think the headline takeaway for the industry is that they're effectively grounding their entire international fleet for a year. That's about 100 planes. CEO Alan Joyce said they're holding on to them all, which I guess is good news, although a few lease ones will go back to their owners once the leases run out. Qantas is retiring its last six Boeing 747 jumbos, so that's sort of the end of an era, pretty sad, and effectively not expecting a recovery in international travel demand for quite some time. Yeah, and what about the staff who worked on those planes and in the international side of the operation? Qantas has got about 15,000 people already with their careers effectively on hold because they've been stood down, and again, that looks likely to to continue, uh, you know, really until international gets going again. So, you know, another 12 months. But on top of that, there's a pretty radical restructure of the whole carrier because they're just facing the reality that they're going to be significantly smaller after all this mess is over. Alan Joyce said they're going to lose about 6,000 staff overall on top of the stand downs with the restructure and, you know, obviously spending less on fuel, other supplies, etc., aiming to save about $15 billion in costs over the next few years. And so what does this mean for travel in Australia going forward? I guess the good news is that Qantas will be heavily reliant on its domestic operations to underpin its profits going forward. Alan Joyce said the airline makes most of its money on domestic and the heavy cuts that they're making will ensure the business survives, which is of course vital for the country. I should also point out that they're raising money from investors on the ASX, I think about $1.9 billion, to also underpin their finances and um, you know ensure they've got enough money to keep going. So let's hope they emerge from this complete toboggle stronger, which is, of course, the plan. Interestingly, Alan Joyce also said, you know, despite not doing any international flying for, you know, the next 12 months or so, he still cherishes the possibility of more ultra-long-haul non-stop routes like uh, Perth-London, you know, the the Project Sunrise, uh, non-stop Sydney-New York, etc., in the longer term. But in the meantime, the airline's just going to ground. And that is quite interesting in terms of also clearly no longer chasing international market share with rivals from the Middle East, uh, Singapore, etc., continuing to fly to Australia and really filling the void that Qantas is leaving by pulling out. So if agents aren't going to be able to sell Qantas internationally, what can they pivot to? Well, in recent weeks, we've seen a few major suppliers launch new domestic products, and increasingly, these are products that are targeting travel agent distribution. There was some great news earlier this week when Insight Vacations announced its first ever Australian and New Zealand tours. I think there's three in Australia, two in New Zealand, and that's on top of other recent announcements by other travel corporation brands, Trafalgar and also AAT Kings. And also last week's podcast, I think we mentioned Intrepid, which has launched its Intrepid local product, not just in Australia, but also targeting a new style of, you know, expecting that people will travel locally in a post-COVID world because they still want to travel. What's really great about the Insight programs is that as travel agents with Insight clients know, they really love the brand and they also have a really high propensity to travel. Insight MD Karen Deverson told me they'd done a survey of past passengers and nearly 100% of them pretty much can't wait to get out there again. 
They also weren't concerned at all about their finances. And because they travel so frequently, lots of them have got travel corporation credits that, of course, they can redeem on these new trips. And so where are these new Insight trips going? They've got an itinerary in WA. Uh, I think there's one in South Australia and one in Tasmania. Uh, and also one in each of the North and South Islands of New Zealand for when, you know, hopefully a travel bubble opens up. They've got a maximum of 22 people on a full-size coach. So there's physical distancing and, of course, lots of health and hygiene measures, both during the trip at hotels, experiences, activities, to reassure travellers that they will be kept safe. These Insight itineraries have been developed as a partnership between the Travel Corporation's Inspiring Journeys and the Europe-based travel experiences team that Insight has. And so basically it's a hybrid, but definitely offering all the hallmark elements that clients of Insight love, as well as lots of local interactions. They've certainly seen a trend to people wanting to support bushfire and drought-affected regions, and so there's, there's that sort of thing in it, all while the clients are being really well looked after. And look, I'm sure this is just the start. I'm sure many other operators in the industry will also launch more agent-focused domestic product in the coming weeks too, perhaps even as soon as today. Today's episode of News on the Fly is brought to you by Travel and Cruise Weekly, Keep Dreaming. With a new edition coming Monday, we want to inspire your clients to make the most of the Australian whale watching season and dream of a holiday to Hawaii. Head to travelandcruiseweekly.com.au to find out more. And there's been a bit of news about cruising this week. What's happening there? Yeah, it's been a pretty tough week for the cruise sector. I I think some outbreaks of COVID-19 in New Zealand, which was sort of COVID-free, and also in Victoria, has really pretty much spooked politicians. New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern, she made the depressing announcement that she was extending the country's ban on passenger cruise shipping. But what's a bit more concerning is that she was just very vague about it. There was no date. She sort of said, oh, between 60 and 90 days. As I've said before, it's all about certainty. The industry needs certainty. The cruise industry needs, you know, some sort of a date to at least start planning uh, redeployment. And comments like that just aren't helpful. And, and you know, same thing goes. It just puts a message of uh, that really depresses consumer confidence in booking. We've also seen similar off-the-cuff comments this week by Australian Health Minister Greg Hunt, who said he believes our borders will be shut for a very significant amount of time. Look, if they're going to be shut, let's just give us a date or give us some sort of idea, give people some sort of a hope that they can at least plan around so that we can get a bit of action into the industry. And I also heard that in the US, there's likely to be a longer suspension of cruising as well. Yeah, this was interesting in that Cruise Lines International Association made the announcement rather than, you know, it sort of being a government directive. Clear said all its members would not be cruising out of USA ports until mid-September at the earliest. Interestingly, around the same 17th of September is the date that the Australian government has sort of marked down as when the ban is currently extended to. This US announcement by Claire is longer than the current impost by the Centers for Disease Control, but I guess it just does reflect the sad reality of the situation. It's pretty much in line with the conclusions many in the industry drew. You'd have to agree that it looks like COVID-19 is going to be out of control in America for some time yet. Now, we've also seen AFTA in the news a bit this week. What's been happening there? 
Yeah, well, despite not having a CEO at the moment, after the shock departure of Jason Westbury, AFTA's been really, really busy this week, continuing its push in Canberra for a JobKeeper extension. They've also been heavily lobbying the Western Australian government for targeted small business support grants, similar to what um, agents in other states have been able to access. There are also some indications that AFTA's ongoing campaigns are having some traction. I think yesterday a federal politician released a media release about supporting the travel industry, which pretty much quoted an AFTA statement word for word. So hopefully the message is getting through. AFTA's also managed to get a commitment from Bain Capital and Cyrus Capital, the shortlisted bidders for Virgin Australia, that they'll honour the $100 million in travel credits and forward bookings made through travel agents. So that's really great news. And I think uh, yesterday or the day before, there, there was a bit of a leak about the potential successor to Jason Westbury, and I'm betting that that, get, that could get announced as soon as today. The Financial Review, in its sort of gossip column, let it slip that it's a bloke called Darren Rudd, who was you know, sort of in the final stage of, of consideration. I understand that he's got a long career in government relations, and he's likely to be able to really swiftly navigate the corridors of power and put the industry's point of view. So let's hope so. So while we're on the subject of industry appointments, and just to wrap it all up, there's been some more changes in the Travel Corporation. What's happening? Yeah, um, this was announced uh, last Friday. I think Kentucky MD Katrina Barry, well-known, very popular. She's currently on a maternity leave. She's switching brands to look after Trafalgar and Cost Saver. She's replacing Jason Wolfe, who's who's been in the job for about 18 months, I think. He's relocating to Brisbane to take up another role outside of the industry. And of course, that all follows last week's shock announcement that Matt Cameron Smith from AAT Kings was leaving to head up Voyages Indigenous Tourism Australia. It all seems like musical chairs, but unfortunately, I'm sure these moves are just the start of lots of change in the industry, which just isn't going to look the same in 12 months' time. Well, thanks for listening. Keep up to date with your daily newsletters from Travel Daily and Cruise Weekly. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. We'll be back next week with more news on the fly.